God, we just thank you so much for the way that you reveal yourself to us, the way you send angels, and the way you send people to us when exactly when we need them. Um, so Lord, as now as we hear your word proclaimed and your scriptures read, we pray that you would open our eyes, that we would see you more clearly. Open our ears today that we would hear the word that you have for us. Open our hearts that we would be challenged and convicted and that we would know you better. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our passage today is Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. So let's hear now the word of the Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So I read a story this week about a drunk who stumbled along a baptismal service one Sunday afternoon down by the river. He was curious about what was going on, so he proceeded to walk down into the water and stood right next to the preacher. The minister turned and noticed the old drunk and said, Mister, are you ready to find Jesus? The drunk shrugged his shoulders and said, Yes, preacher, I sure am. The minister then dunked the fellow under the water and pulled him right back up. Have you found Jesus? The preacher asked. No, I didn't, said the drunk. So the preacher dunked him again, just a little bit longer this time. And when he brought him back up, he said, Now, brother, have you found Jesus? The guy said, No, I did not, preacher. The preacher is starting to get a little frustrated, and he now dunks the man again, holding him down for a good 30 seconds or so. And then when he brought him back up out of the water, he asked the man in rather harsh tone, Friend, are you sure you haven't found Jesus yet? The old drunk wiped his eyes and said, No, but are you sure this is where he fell in? <laughs> now, this guy clearly didn't understand what baptism was. Many people today don't even understand what baptism is either. There's always been this denominational debate about baptism and whether a person should be sprinkled or dunked, whether babies should be baptized, or if a person should be able to profess their faith in Jesus Christ for themselves before they receive baptism. But no matter what the different denominations believe about the process, they all believe that it is a sacrament. There's something to be said for adult baptism, sometimes referred to as believer's baptism. When we baptize adults, they make their own profession of faith in Jesus Christ. So we know that it's something that they have personally chosen. It's a commitment that they are making. We, as Presbyterians, believe in infant baptism. And when we baptize infants, the parents are making the profession of faith, and they promise to raise their child as a Christian. Now, we'll talk in a minute about some more do's and don'ts of infant baptism, but right now, let's look at Jesus' baptism and the significance of this event for Jesus and for us. 
So John the Baptist was the last in a long line of prophets, and we know that he came to prepare the way for Jesus. And one way that he did that was by preaching a baptism of repentance. He said it was all about turning from the life of sin and entering this new life in Christ Jesus. Now, the Greek word that is used here is metanoia, and it's not just asking for forgiveness. It's a word that means turning or transformation. And it's not just saying, I'm sorry. It's actually being sorry enough to quit living in sin. So the big question is, since we know that Jesus was sinless, that means that he didn't need to repent of anything. So then why did he have to receive baptism at all? He was God incarnate, right? Emmanuel, God with us. So why a baptism of repentance? Well, here's one of those amazing things about Jesus. He did not have to be baptized, but Jesus himself gives the reason in verse 15. He says, let it be so now. It is right for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. It was prophesied that this would happen. If we look back in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, in chapter 42, verse 1, the Lord said, Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. Jesus was baptized in order to fulfill all righteousness, in order to put things right with God. Jesus was baptized to identify with our humanity so that he could be the sacrifice to pay the price for our redemption. This was voluntary, deliberate, an act of self-identification with sinful people. Jesus, who gave up his glory to come to earth, now stoops even lower to take on the full shame and guilt of humanity upon himself. He was emphatically declaring his oneness with us, even in our sin and weakness. He wasn't baptized because he needed to repent of his own sin. He was baptized to identify with our sin. Now, here's something else to think about. Right before this story in, in Matthew's gospel, we read about John the Baptist preparing the way, and then just before that, we read about the birth of Jesus. So basically, Jesus is born, and then we don't hear anything about him until he's about 30 years old, about to begin his public ministry. In Luke's gospel, right after the birth narratives, we read the story about Jesus being left behind at the temple when he was 12 years old. Mary and Joseph later found him at the temple among the teachers. But other than that, there's nothing about the life of Jesus mentioned until he's 30 years old, about to begin his public ministry. So Jesus sort of comes out of nowhere here, and he shows up at the Jordan River to be baptized. So imagine the people on the riverbank that day witnessing this amazing scene. At the moment Jesus came up out of the water, heaven opened up and the Spirit of God descended upon him. A voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Here, Jesus is receiving a public anointing of the Holy Spirit so that he can begin his public ministry. He is being commissioned and sent forth. 
He leaves the riverbank that day after being baptized, and he begins his ministry of teaching and preaching and healing. Now, here's what I don't want us to miss today. Baptism is not the end of the spiritual road. It is only the beginning. Baptism is an anointing of the Holy Spirit and a being sent forth to begin a life of walking with Jesus Christ. So many families want their children baptized for all the wrong reasons. They want to have a baptism to assure that if anything happens to their child, the child will go to heaven. Many parents want to have their child baptized so they can invite all of their friends and family to come and see the baby dressed in a baptism outfit that has been worn by three generations of babies. Some families want their child baptized so that they can have an excuse to have a a big party afterward and invite friends and relatives that they haven't seen for a really long time. None of those things are bad to do, but they can't be the reason for the baptism. Baptism is not an excuse to have a party. And baptism should not be the first and last time that someone has been in church. Baptism does not save a child. Only faith in Jesus Christ can do that. And the only way for a child to have faith and to grow in that faith is for the family to teach that faith and to live that faith in their homes. Baptism isn't something to check off the list, something to get done. Baptism is the beginning of a life led by Jesus Christ. Baptism is an anointing and ascending forth to do the ministry to which God has called each individual. Baptism isn't the end, it's the beginning. So when parents present their child to be baptized, since the child is generally too young to make the profession of faith, the parents profess their own faith, and they promise to raise that child as a Christian. They promise to nurture that child and to teach him or her the ways of Jesus and what it means to be a Christian. There is a lot of responsibility on parents as they present their child for baptism. The parents are actually taking vows before God and before an entire congregation of witnesses to do those things. The congregation also takes a vow to help nurture that child because by standing in front of a congregation, that family is presenting that child as part of the family of God. And we, as the family of God, the body of Christ, are taking the responsibility to help raise that child in the faith so that one day that child will stand here before us and make their confirmation. They will confirm the vows that were taken for them on their behalf at their baptism. They are confirming their belief in Jesus Christ and their readiness to begin their own ministry, their own journey of faith. You see, baptism isn't a once-and-done kind of thing. Jesus' baptism wasn't at the end of his ministry. It was at the beginning. It was commissioning him to begin the public ministry for which he was created and to which he was called. Our identity as a child of God grows and deepens after our baptism as we grow in understanding of who God is through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and who we are in relation to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
It's also important for us to remember that baptism is done in community. We can never be all that God intends us to be alone. We are called to be in fellowship and in community with others. We are called to be the body of Christ with all of the parts having a specific role so that the body can function properly. Every one of you has been called by God to be here, to be part of this body of Christ. And God has given every one of you at least one gift that he wants you to use in this place to make this body function to the best of its ability. Now, as you've been hearing for the last uh, month or so since our retreat, our mission this year is to go and grow. Go in service and grow in faith. But we cannot do those things effectively unless we are doing it together. Unless everyone does their part. Unless everyone takes personal responsibility to be a functioning member of this body. Throughout scripture, water is used as a symbol of rebirth. Look at the stories in the Old Testament. God parted the waters for Moses and the Israelites and, and Joshua and the people as they entered the promised land. People entered the water as one thing, as slaves or as wanderers, and they emerged as something different. That's what the waters of baptism do for us. We enter as sinners and we emerge a forgiven people. We enter as individuals and we emerge a community as brothers and sisters in faith, called and commissioned by God to go in service and to grow in faith. So today, during our, the last song that we sing, which is not the one in the bulletin, just sing what they put up on the overhead there. During that song, I invite all of you to come forward and to pass through the waters of baptism as a reminder of the baptismal vows that were taken for you and as a, um, a reminder of your commissioning and also as a visible symbol of your willingness to go and grow. A symbol of your willingness to use your gifts in service in this body and your willingness to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ in this year ahead. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for the waters of baptism. We thank you for that visible sign of an invisible grace. And Lord, today as we pass through these waters, may we... Be reminded of the vows that were taken for us as infants. And may we, may this be a sign for all of us today that we are aware that we are called and commissioned to serve you as you have called us to be part of this congregation. So as we pass through those waters, may it be a symbol to all that we are committed to moving forward as we go and grow in this year ahead. We pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ, and all God's people say, amen. amen.